everyone welcome to our inspiring thoughts podcast this week we're very very lucky to have lisa robin wood so lisa welcome on board thank you so much it's so lovely to be here Stephen. thank you i'm very excited about this conversation yeah we had a chat off air so i think it could be a good one today so, uh, <laughs> I we're, hope we're, so. it's gonna get yeah. raucous and i'll be yeah, like oh get, god get told <laughs> off for being naughty so um uh, lisa is known as the middle manager the middle manager coach and also director at, at grip coaching limited so uh sounds really good doesn't it really exciting so would you just tell our audience a brief part of your career how you've got to today uh, and your role yeah absolutely so i was working in a very corporate environment back in 2014 and had been promoted to a senior manager i was part of that middle manager group and was loving my job at the time and then experienced a number of transitions all at once which was exciting as well at the time it was happening it was an acknowledgement of my success and my capability and I've always been one to love a challenge grab a challenge take on as much and anything as I can to 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 grow so it was a really exciting time but very quickly I found my confidence unravelling and it was probably the first confidence crisis I'd experienced professionally. I think up to that point, I had really thrived in my corporate career and since leaving university, because that's what I went straight into. And so it was a really disconcerting time. I was incredibly unsettled, started to experience a lot of anxiety, which again was a bizarre new feeling and embarked on a process of just trying to resolve it and I was quite a proud person I think like many of us can be especially in our work environments because I was in my mid to late 20s I'm part of the generation that was encouraged to get as many qualifications as I could go to university become an independent female you know, get a career, don't build a family. I was part of that group. And so it was that work culture and work identity was heavily entrenched in me. And I think when I really struggled at that particular point, I just didn't really know how to resolve it. And I didn't really know how to ask for help either. And I I do think that was part of the corporate culture I was in. I think, you know, my expectation on myself, but I think it definitely came from that culture was, well, you've reached this point of seniority therefore it's up to you to sort it out because you're capable and you can and you shouldn't need anybody else and it was a very male dominated environment I was part of a very large senior team so we were very top heavy in that regard and you know it's that whole too many cooks for the broth kind of thing so everyone was a manager and everyone was senior And there wasn't a lot of, I would say, real trusted camaraderie. I didn't feel anyone had my back. So I did struggle, I think, with imposter syndrome at that time. Um, And so after about what felt like forever, but I think it was about 12 months and nearly on the verge of quitting completely, which I knew deep down was not the solution because I didn't know why I was leaving. And I thought it feels like I'm running away and not facing into the problem because I couldn't identify what that was at the time someone within my family recommended coaching and I thought well what the hell is that I was only aware of coaching in a sports context and I couldn't link that 
to the corporate or professional yeah. life I thought well I don't really get how that fits in but to be honest out of pure desperation yeah. that's what I did I sought out a coach to work with me and I found the whole experience just so transformative and enlightening that one of the realizations I had was wow coaching is such an incredible skill and it's a skill that I could really adopt as a leader and really utilize to elevate my leadership career so that's what I did I decided to go out and qualify professionally in coaching and that was really important to me because I do have quite a strong educational background and I was really keen that I wanted to do it properly and have it all certified and to be able to hold up my certificate and go I did this properly um and so I trained to be a coach and that was in 2016 um and I've been evolving my coaching ever since um yeah and and now under the banner of grip coaching um specifically working in that middle manager space which I think does connect to my experience and feeling as though that is a space that is continually under conflict yeah and under pressure from all parts of the business that they that it sits within and I feel it is the most undervalued and under recognized and not invested in enough so I think that is the space that I love to play in because of that empathy with anyone who's in a middle manager role yeah and it's and it's it's lovely how you can you can relate to it so it's and also the passion coming from about actually they're the people you want to help and support Um, and I notice as well similar to your career so I had a crisis of confidence as well um and my career was flying it was going in the right direction I got put forward for a job that actually I didn't want Mm. and I knew I didn't want it but it was like you've got to go for it it was very that macho career yeah. you've got to go and do it uh, and it was terrible it was an awful experience I didn't do very well in the interview I didn't want the job and the feedback I got after was just demoralized me yeah and yeah. then I was recommended a coach so by one of the HR colleagues said actually really good guy needs his confidence picked up and um, uh, a gentleman that was studying to do his coaching qualification a, a gentleman called Eric I spent six sessions and that was transformative, Mm. very emotional. Mm. So to get through. But actually, I thought this is a really good thing. Mm. Um, And like you, I trained to do my coaching in 2019. uh, And I think we said off air, I thought I was quite a good coach. I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy. And I suddenly realised I wasn't (laughs) a very good coach. (laughs) Uh, I was more crossing feedback, mentoring, maybe a dabble of coaching. But I loved getting the transformation of coaching. Yeah. Seeing the difference in people. And also they've got the resources. Our job is to elicit and help support them kind of find that information. So um, I can totally relate to your story and your journey so far, which is wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I started my coaching training knowing full well that I wasn't a good coach. I I was very much a, a teller and a director yes. I'd, yeah. I'd de- developed my management style through learning and getting things wrong multiple times I would say and trying lots of things and probably floundering and struggling with lots of different personalities and never really yeah. knowing why yeah. um, and being frustrated that people were different and yeah. not the same as me and was a real steep learning curve the coaching experience the training because I think it highlighted what I already knew for sure um but it was a lot to do with changing habits of behavior and changing ways of doing things I mean my listening skills were definitely the ones that were challenged the most because I 
I realized actually I wasn't a very good listener. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I was always thinking ahead and yeah. probably jumping to advice. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so, I mean, it really was an, I mean, it's been an, an incredible experience and a yeah. real test. Um, yeah. And, and then it's still there's still skills that I evolve now. It's something I'm really consciously aware of and looking yeah. at, well, how can I be even better yeah. uh, than I already am? But, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> No, I, think I think it's brilliant. I, mean, I think it's one of those worlds that you just keep learning. There's different styles, yes. different techniques, different ways of working with people. Had to really get that client to see a different view. Mm. Um, and it was only recently this week I worked with a client and just tried completely different things. Mm. And it worked. And I thought, oh, I've seen that. Actually, I can take it and put it in my style, mm. which mm. is brilliant. So a lot of people say to me, um, Lisa, what is the difference between coaching, mentoring, therapy, counselling? What, 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 in your words, is kind of what mm. is coaching? What, what is it different yeah. from the others? I think the way I differentiate it is coaching is all about looking ahead, being forward focused. Yeah. And in a way that is an is about enabling the individual who's being coached to do that for themselves yeah and supporting them to think differently make changes and move towards what they want instead of where they are currently whereas in comparison I think counseling is more I mean it's medically recognized whereas coaching is not it's not a medical intervention like counseling is so that's quite a you know stark difference yeah counseling is much more focused on well what's happened and looking behind if you like so looking at what's happened already in the past and unpicking that and it's not that coaching doesn't touch upon what's gone before but it never stays there it's more about using that as additional information to inform the future but I think counseling tends to be we need to unpick and explore that and decipher it and therefore sometimes I think it has the danger of that you can then just remain there and get a yes. bit stuck there yeah. um and then mentoring is ju- i think is a fantastic supportive intervention and is also aligned to achieving goals but with much more of an informative stance and a yeah. directive stance so yeah. you know mentors offer ideas recommendations yeah. advice and i know from my corporate background we used to describe identifying a mentor as someone who has potentially achieved the career path that you're wanting for yourself and yeah. therefore approaching them to learn from their experiences, which is not coaching because coaching yeah. is not about that advice giving or directive. Yeah. You know, I coach people from a wide range of backgrounds and career backgrounds, especially who's industries I have never experienced yeah but that's not relevant because I'm there to focus on them as a person actually yes I help them with their careers but not from the perspective of aligning on their backgrounds and skill sets and you know I you know I I coach engineers I mean I've got no background in engineering quite rightly because my skills don't suit that in the slightest but I can help them to transform and achieve just as much um yeah 
And I really enjoy that working with people, not from my, if I took my banking background, mm. I love it working with different people from different organisations because you can offer a different perspective because you're not part yes, of that absolutely. experience. I, I yeah. really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. I do as well. And I think actually it helps me to stay much truer and authentic to coaching and the coaching process because yeah. I'm, you know, there's no ability to tap into any experience or you know knowledge in that yeah. sector so I really can truly focus on them as a person yeah. and stay true to coaching without any danger of slipping into yes. bad habits around yeah. Yeah. mentoring I mean I would say I, I wouldn't really describe my style as pure anyway yes. um I do I mean especially because I'm a mentor as well um so I do have a bit of a blend of the two and yeah. can move between them and often work with my clients to understand, well, what is it that they would want and prefer um, so that we can get that right yes. and that they are getting what they, they're looking for. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but, yeah, I think that's how I would determine the difference yeah. between those areas. Yeah. And, that, and that's the bit... <coughs> I thoroughly enjoy as well is about the forward thinking, moving forward to kind of a destination mm. point of view, but helping the client see those small baby steps yes. to get there rather than the big audacious goals. Yeah. It's actually unraveling and going, listen, kind of let's just talk about how you're going to do the next two weeks, next three weeks. Let's let's start to work forward. And I love the transformation mm. when they start to achieve that rather than I'm going to run the London Marathon and you go, have you ever run before? No, I've got to do it tomorrow. That's not really going to happen. Mm. But yeah, and I've definitely learned with my skills over the four or five years of I, I can do a good hybrid between coaching and mentoring but depending on the client what's necessary that's yes. really helped and worked and probably elevated my skill set if that mm. makes sense mm. so why should people go to a coach I get asked that question about why would I go to a coach <laughs> why do people why would you say in your, in your world yeah why would I need one of those like yeah like how, how, like how I felt uh back in 2014 when I was first recommended coaching and yeah. I was like but why would I want one of them I think how I describe it is, you know, coaching really helps and supports you to get out of your own head. You know, I think we can get really stuck in our own heads and with our own thoughts. And coaching helps to really create a structured, facilitated space where you can explore that yeah. and where you can speak aloud what you're thinking one to be heard but also I think so importantly so you can hear yourself yeah you know I think when you externalize what's going on in here in, in your mind you hear it really for the first time yeah. and you hear it from a perspective that you've not yet experienced and I I know personally for myself how powerful that is when I do it because just listening to myself and what I'm saying helps me to make sense of it and to go is is that really what I'm thinking and well what does that actually mean and yeah. actually is that even what I do mean and yeah. I think it helps you to really process those things so that you know when you're in a space where you are struggling or you feel stuck and you know feeling stuck is not ever the reality you know you're not physically stuck but there's something just not yeah becoming clear for you in your mind you're not able to 
move yourself forward. That externalization of your thoughts, I think, is so powerful to to work through it and to understand. So I think for me, coaching really helps to create that space. And it's often the feedback I get the most from my clients is, you know, and they'll say in the sessions, you know, we'll reach the end of the session. I'll be like, how, you know, how did that work for you today? And what have you learned? And probably I would say the most repeated comment is, just having that space to yeah. think and to work things through and to come to realizations and learnings about what's going on and what they can do about it. Yeah. Um, I think that's so important, as well as then knowing that you've got someone there who is an expert, who you can trust, who isn't going to judge you and has no bias because yeah. they're not connected to your situation they're not part of it in any way and can really support you to be accountable you know I'm sure people have heard this before about having an accountability partner and I think that's exactly how a coach can operate for their clients because I think you know we all say things like I'm going to you know I'm going to eat a bit less or I'm going to be a bit more healthy or I'm going to do some more exercise but you know, I think we all have those kind of lofty goals, but because we don't clarify them, we don't specify them, we don't cement them and we don't really share them often with anyone else. The only person we're holding ourselves account to is us. And sometimes that doesn't, it's not strong enough. So I think that's often where a coach can, you know, represent that, you know, the other party who can be very much like, aware of what you're wanting to achieve and can then question you about it not question you in an yeah. impression sense but you know you've told them you're going to do something yeah. and actually the coach is encouraging you to do that for your own benefit and for yourself it's not for them but just yeah. having someone there who's witness to it I think can create that yeah and I really I really enjoy that because I find that with um, clients that I work with around the accountability and it's not you and I making notes because we make very little notes mm, as in when yeah, we work yeah. and that because we're interacting with the clients but there's that bit there of going well I'm going to go back now and talk about what I said I was going to do versus how I've gotten through it etc um, and I think the other bit about that accountability I've seen people before to have like one coaching session mm. they then only have one so rather than three or six or nine etc but they get such a dopamine hit yeah. and they don't tell people they're going to go, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to... So they keep getting a dopamine hit, but they never actually do it because they keep getting the hit of joy mm. from it rather than actually going back and going, well, how have I got on with it? What have I done from that perspective? Um, and I really enjoyed about um, you saying about getting it out, the hearing it for the first time. Because mm. we also do that in mediation work with clients around when they talk about it, they find it very cathartic, very therapeutic. Yes, yeah. They go, did I really mean that? Yeah. You go, well, that's yeah. what you said. Yeah. And actually, exactly. what I also like is clarifying people's words. Yes, so if someone says, too, I want to yeah. be more confident. Just tell me what confidence means. Yeah. The person goes, do you know what? I haven't really thought about that before. Let me digest it and break it down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I find that's the kind of light bulb moments I really enjoy when people go, ah, yeah, that's what I mean. And that's what I want to do about it. But it's fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, people's language, language I find so interesting anyway. But I think, you know, when you when, what one of the most interesting parts is 
when you recognise how the language that you're using is affecting your thoughts and therefore your actions. Yes. And how just by making adjustments to your language, I think one, understanding the language you're using and whether it's yeah. even accurate. Yeah. And then having the opportunity to delve deeper into it, like use that great example of confidence. I mean, that's the question I ask always, because confidence is a very small word for many things. Yes. You yeah. know, and it means something different to everybody. It's not the yeah. same thing. And then yeah. breaking down what well, what does what's confidence even made up of? Um yeah. and that's when you can really start to enable people to work through what they're thinking, what's going on, what's yeah. potentially holding them back that they'd never even realised. And you can therefore make those changes, you know, to 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 resolve things going forward. And so, yeah. you know, language is, yeah, I mean, I could wax lyrical about language, but yeah. I think, you know, it's it has such a powerful influence on our behaviour if yes. we recognise it. And yeah. having the opportunity to understand that and then correct any language that's being unhelpful to us is... Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really, really beneficial. I think. Yeah. No, I think I think it's I think it's great to really delve into. Mm. Um, and I think, as you said, that client then goes, "Let me just think about this for a minute. What am I actually trying to articulate? What is it? Yeah, actually, exactly. My purpose behind it. What am yeah. I trying to achieve? What Rather do I than actually need? A label on yeah, it that you yeah. go. Mm, I'm not really sure. But that's the the skill of a coach is to not just stay at that surface level, is to yes. break it down. So that the colleague can see, which is wonderful. And uh, what would you say are the three key benefits you've seen from your clients from coaching? What have they benefited from coaching? Yeah, so I think I mentioned one just then, which is that space. I think, you know, I work in the corporate space and with entrepreneurs as well. And I think we all work in such a fast paced environment and there's always so many things we could be doing. Mm. And it's so easy to be distracted by those things and to avoid working on ourselves because that's yeah. easier. And yeah. I think actually creating structured, defined space for yourself where you can just do something for you yeah. is one of the key benefits where you really can just think and yeah. take stock of what's going on. You know, I I still talk about it now. I think the best advice I was ever given as a manager was to block out 30 minutes of my diary every week to thinking time and to protect it with everything because I was told that is the most impactful thing you can do as a manager for your team is to actually take that 30 minutes and do some thinking for yourself about what's going on, how are things working, how are you doing because that way you can ensure you're always doing the right thing and being the best you can be. Um, And I think that's true of the coaching space for you as an individual. So I think that's one of the the key benefits. I think the others are some of probably what I described in my own coaching experience, which is I think the benefits around how you can have such an insightful and and enlightening experience where you really, truly realise so much about yourself in terms of your capabilities the potential you have and really connecting with that you know and realizing what your if you like superpowers are because I think when I was really struggling with my confidence during my corporate career I'd really lost a lot of that I'd lost my self-belief I'd lost my understanding of my capabilities and my strengths through my own 
negative thoughts of yeah. which I'd got into a real cycle of habit around, I had eroded them. So yeah. I'd literally managed to build my own glass ceiling. Yes. That no one else had given me that was there saying, well, that's as far as you can go. You, you're not yeah. you're not going to be any better than this. And at that point, better than this felt pretty crap. So yeah. but it was all fictitious. It didn't exist. No one had said yeah. that. And I think my coaching really enabled me to understand what was going on and the yeah. triggers behind those feelings so I could address them. Yeah. But it, it really reconnected me with my strengths and my capabilities. Yeah. And the third benefit I would say, and this was part of my own experience as well, and it's very much what I'm focused on for my own clients, is that empowerment to go, well, now you understand all of this about yourself and what you want how are you going to utilize that knowledge and what are you going to do about it you know I describe myself as a woman of action and I love other individuals of action people who really want to get on so they get on they do stuff you know it doesn't matter whether it's the wrong thing but they're always trying things out and they are always trying to move themselves along and you know even when things are tough and they're challenging and maybe even they're fearful they don't let those feelings consume them and and cement them to that spot yeah they do something about it um and I think that's where coaching really helps and supports people is to move them along and to always be thinking about what could you do then you know or what would you like to do in this situation or you know and I think Therefore, you're always making progress in some form. And that yeah. progress inform, you know, involves always learning. Because, yeah. I mean, we used to have a a bit of a joke in my corporate, uh, one of my corporate roles, especially where managers were always saying to us, um, I'm going to empower you to do this. And it was ironic because there was nothing empowering in the statement whatsoever. They were always telling yes. you what you were going to be doing, yeah. which was the like complete opposite of being empowered just being yeah. told what to do is not empowering and it used to make me laugh a lot so I have this association with this word about and probably why I'm so passionate about it is that you know it's about getting that part right yes yeah <laughs> and, and putting yourself yeah. in control of what you're doing you know yeah. again I link that to my own coaching experience you know I didn't feel in control of anything at that point yeah. and I felt like work was happening around me and I was an observer desperately trying to contribute and get involved. Um, and so, you know, and this this does link back to why my business is called Grip. A lot yeah. of it was to do with getting a grip of my right. own success yeah. and getting a grip of yeah. my results. Yeah. And I, I really, really find because that, that's the same journey that. If you think about glass ceilings, how people set, et cetera, it could be a bad experience. And from that point of view, and I found that. So my career was flying, bad experience. Then I suddenly thought, you know what, hunker down, surround myself, protect myself that I can't get damaged or hurt yes, again. Yeah, and yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, and did it limit my career? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did limit my career. Um, I could become a bit cynical, all this kind of stuff. And then like you, I realised over the years of it's all in my control. Um, having the coaching that I had, the work that you could start to grow. Um, and I'm a great believer of people just growing each day, you mm. know, small baby steps, growing each day, because if you don't grow each day, you'll get left behind. Mm. And that's my kind of big belief of where I work with so many people that go, I'm just happy in my job. I just do my job, go to work, go home. That's great for today. 
but next week next month when we know the industry or industries keep changing you've got to keep your skills current up to date moving forward mm. uh, from that point of view uh, and i think the other bit is giving the control back to the person yeah they are in control to make the changes nobody's mm. telling them or forcing them they're coming up with their ideas that helps them move forward yeah absolutely absolutely no, no, fantastic so um probably a very close question so not a really good open question should organizations <laughs> um invest in coaching should should they do it yes they should <laughs> yeah there we go I done mean, that was an easy question yeah that was an easy one. but i think it links to what you were just saying you know often i hear very much from organizations that they're frustrated that their people won't take accountability yeah and i think yeah. well how are you enabling them to be accountable how are you actually encouraging that? Because telling them what to do is not going to generate accountability. Yes. Yeah. Telling them what to do is you providing the focus, the answers, the solutions and yeah. telling somebody to get on with it. Well, they will only ever then, you know, if they even choose to do it, because that's not motivating either. If they haven't yeah. come up with those ideas, they may not even agree with them. Yeah. But you're giving them always an excuse as to why they've not done something and why something's not gone well because Correct. it didn't come from them. So, yeah. you know, I think it's so important for organisations to invest in coaching, whether that be through. Well, I think of it in two ways. I think it's important for an organisation to invest in coaching, understanding for their employees yeah. and to base a culture around coaching principles, because I think coaching principles enable um, organisations to support just bloody great conversations. Yeah. You know, I, I think so much of the success of businesses and leadership in businesses as well and their teams is down to relationships. Yeah. Um, and I know there are going to be many people who just find that icky and go, Ugh, it's just, yeah. you know, we're not here to make relationships. But it is the foundation for effective teams. And, yeah. you know, if you want to have a successful business, your teams are your success because they're the people working for you to deliver your results. Yeah. And I think if you work around coaching principles, you're encouraging those strong relationships that are trusting, yeah. that are open, that are honest. And you're supporting an environment like I was describing, where the more inclusive they are and you're getting your people involved, the more accountable they're going to be. Yeah. And that increases the effectiveness and the efficiency of your organisation yes. because it's spreading the load. Yeah. Um, and it's encouraging people to be creative because they're using their brains. And why yeah. would you not want that? Um, but I think the other side of this is I'm not saying that everyone within an organization can be a coach because yes. I don't think that's true and I think being a great leader and a manager yes it can absolutely incorporate coaching skills and principles but that they can't I don't think in honesty be coaches full-time because what's expected of them in their role and their responsibilities yeah. is so much broader than that and it can never be completely unbiased and it can never be without an agenda. Yeah. And I think, you know, thinking about not just introducing coaching principles and understanding to grow your organisation is just as yeah. key as utilising coaches externally yeah. and having the two working as in a partnership so that you've yeah. got both happening so that yeah. individuals can receive pure, true coaching for their own development yeah. when required. Yeah. And I, I like the bit of organisation about leadership and development. 
we get a lot of people and the people I work with about PDPs and you know those <laughs> kind of things. Yeah. And the amount of times I see PDPs that have go and be better at the job and it's dictatorial. Yes. Yeah. Rather than the colleague having the up coming up with it, the solutions, that motivation, owning it. Uh, and I, we all know the percentages that if someone comes up with their own idea, they're going to actually go and do something with it rather than being yeah, told right. what to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're going to come from that perspective. But I think there's a bit there of when I think some organisations think it's all or nothing. Yeah. So they go, oh, they're going to be coaching all the time. And our people always do this to me. They go coaching. And I go, <laughs> it's not woolly stuff. It's, it's yeah. really intense, good stuff. Yeah. But actually, they've got to realise that there's the organisational goals. Coaching can link into it. But as you said there, there's a lot of people that you and I would coach externally that help give a different third party view to yeah, develop yeah. the colleagues. So it, it's a really, really imperative thing. And, and definitely the, the production levels higher, the inclusivity, the engagement mm. by embracing good coaching is, mm. is the benefits are untold, aren't they? Yeah, they are without a doubt. Um, yeah. You know, when we talk about benefits, um, I read a Guardian article that was published this month. Yeah, that's very high brow of it. I like, I I like that, Lisa. Um, I'm, well, I'm always trying to keep myself informed, Stephen, <laughs> uh, informed and relevant. And uh, especially when the stats back up what I'm rabbiting on about. Um, but, you know, the Guardian article I read that was published a couple of weeks ago, the title of it is bad management has prompted one in three UK workers to quit. Um, you know, and this is research that's been conducted by the Chartered Management Institute. Yeah. Um of which in their survey, 28% of their respondents um, stated that they left their job due to a negative relationship with a manager. Um, You know, and when you hear stats like that, they're not new. I mean, this has been an ongoing issue and a challenge for businesses for years. So it's not new research by any stretch. But I think it really demonstrates why, you know, it comes back to that point that I was saying before about the criticality around relationships. and how you know if you can't get the relationships right in your organization people will walk you know they'll vote with their feet because you know people don't leave jobs because of not very often because of the workplace itself it's because of people um you know and I think when you hear stats like that you can hear loudly well what's the solution to this how do we improve relationships you've got to improve conversations how do you improve conversations you've got to improve communication skills how do you improve communication skills look at things like coaching because coaching really does teach you about how to engage with people how to grow your curiosity how to grow connections how to hold a space you know, yeah. I think so much of this, you know, when we talk about communication, I think people immediately jump to the verbal side of communication. Yeah. But so much about good quality conversa- uh, communication and conversation is about listening and being silent. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's trying to enable more and more people in those management positions to understand that and yeah. to be able to adopt that. Um, you know, I think that's really where the benefits come into it. Yeah. And, and I think that the, the bit just to follow on for that, which is really, really good about the motivation point of view, the colleagues will be more motivated. Yeah, the, and the, communi- yeah. the communication part, because if you see even in our mediation work and coaching companies, if you were to do the family fortunes top answer like Vernon Kay, it's always communication. That mm. people can't tell it. Uh, and I know with yourself as well that you're a you, you do work in disc. 
so you yes, work in the yeah, disprofiling as well yeah, so yeah. yeah same same as me and do you know what it's it's that's paid dividends by oh. getting people to understand different communication styles and actually how if you want to influence people about how to turn up a dial turn down a dial etc mm. and people go oh that's quite simple and it mm. is when they start to understand each other better isn't it Oh, 100%. I think DISC is such a powerful tool, like many of these personality profiling tools are, because for one, they give you greater insight into yourself and those around you and an appreciation for the fact that we are all different and that's fine. It's not that any one of us is wrong or right. We're different and we can complement each other if we can understand more about how we think, why we think that way the approach that we're using why that is the case and what we're looking for and therefore you can make the adjustments but I think with all of those tools the benefit they give is language yeah now we talked about language earlier but I think they give us the language to be able to share more and explain more about ourselves to one another yeah you know and especially when you know I I love having that external document you get with these types of things where you get your report and you've suddenly got an object you've got an object that you can reference to and use it and then if there's especially when I do work with teams it's wonderful because everyone has one yeah and everyone can refer to it and everyone can talk about it to each other with their tool and it just helps again it goes back to that like the power of externalization and you take it out of yourself and it becomes objective it's no longer subjective yeah and it can really encourage that exploration of differences um and how they can as I said very much work together but I love what you said about motivation because I think you know and again this is one of the areas that comes up often in my coaching with managers is I'm really struggling to motivate people and and again it's another one of those words like motivation and empowerment and where we use it but I don't think we necessarily get it we don't really understand what it means and what we're talking about and then motivation as a word is going to be different for everybody so again it has that complication of well when I'm using it it's going to be different for every person I apply it to but then how do I get to the the real depth and detail of that it's about being curious and asking the questions that are going to break that down and you know again I'm going to go back to my highbrow article of the Guardian um but you know a third of individuals stated that if they had an ineffective manager they were going to be less motivated to do a job and that I mean again it's not really rocket science if if you don't really connect with your manager if you don't feel supported by them if you're not motivated by them you're not going to be doing a good job you know it's it's kind of you're so distracted by what's going on and their ineffectiveness if you like you get distracted by their behavior by what they're not doing that your energy is in the wrong place and it's not in the doing a great job and if you don't feel supported you're not going to be really striving either so you know when you think about it like that and the fact that those individuals also are then planning to leave yeah your business is in a scary place you know yeah it's not in a strong place it heightens that level of they keep looking for mistakes yes so so rather than coaching or developing that person and working with them about the best things 
And I've seen that so many times. People have been in jobs 10, 15 years and they've had a really good career. And then all of a sudden they make a mistake or do something wrong. And the line manager then, right, I'm now looking for those. Yes. Well, and not be funny, that cortisol rushing through that person's body, they're going to make even more mistakes. It's going yeah, to cause exactly. issues and problems. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy rather than going, let's just sit down and unwind this a bit. What's gone on? What's going wrong? Yeah. And I think the other bit with coaching allows us sometimes to dip into that family, what's going on outside work to really understand, yeah. to pull that forward. I find that kind of, that's that real bit where that person trusts us to really share some information to yeah. kind of help move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I always say, I don't think anyone goes to work to do a crap job. Yeah. But no one does that. No one wakes up and goes, I know today I'm going to make sure I'm really rubbish. Yes. Yeah. That that's not that's not true. So like if someone is showing up and is not doing well, it's about supporting them to understand and for you to really understand what's going on here. Yeah. Um, And how do we then ensure that we can change that together? Yeah. But that requires a conversation <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. And, and it sounds so easy doesn't it about conversation and I say to people you've got to lean into these conversations yes, you yeah. can't walk away from them and that's where I see between a good manager and a good leader is that they, they will lean in and go actually you don't seem yourself today Lisa are you okay should we have a yeah. chat whereas the the, the the poorer leaders or managers go do you know it's just a one-off but then you mm. work out in the year there's been 17 one-offs yeah and then people don't lean into it so I, I find it so we're in agreement that coaching is good. Yes, coaching is good. Everybody go out and get coaching. Yeah. Yes. Organisations invest in coaching. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the job done. So uh, for yourself, so for the rest of 2023 and 2024, yeah. what are you working on for your own development? Oh, God. Right. Got to keep a succinct list. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know whether you found this when you when you completed your training as a coach, but I think I always claimed when I completed my university degree that I'd never write a word again um, and I was done with learning. Oh, the irony. Um, And what a ridiculous statement anyway, done with learning. Um, I think ever since starting my coaching journey, and yes, I've used that word journey. We love that as coaches, don't we? Um, So cliched. I think I've continually strived to learn more and to yeah. continue to learn and increase my my skill set. So I think this year has been really about focusing on honing my skills as a coach. And I've been working a lot with my supervisor. So yeah. I think supervision is really important for coaches. So for anyone who doesn't really understand that, it's coaching for coaches. It's making sure that we are always as coaches yeah. investing in our own um, personal development and walking our talk really as I describe it um and so that's also involved some group supervision as well and co-coaching because I love to learn from other people and actually I think going into next year I think a big part of my personal development is focused around actually where coaching is going and staying quite current with the industry because I mean there's been a lot of talk about AI this year with the arrival of you know, chat GPT and other AI supported platforms. But it is an area that frightens me a little bit. I do sort of think, oh, I don't like the idea of this. I jump straight to like films like iRobot and The Matrix and start freaking out. It all feels and it all feels a bit too surreal for me. Um, But I'm mindful always of those sort of areas. Anything that triggers that kind of reaction in me where I'm like, 
a bit of disbelief or a bit of resistance I tend to yeah I'm going to borrow your lean in I'll probably lean into those to see well you know if I'm feeling adverse to them is there something there for me to learn um and to try and just better inform myself so I am going to be exploring that a bit more I'm not saying I'm suddenly going to start coaching in 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 a AI space but um or adopting many of those tools but it's something I'm mindful of and want to stay informed around yeah and it's it's good and I and I just reflect on that so since I started my coaching in 2019 I've never read so many books yeah and and the pure reason being I I enjoy reading (laughs) I enjoy reading was if you said to me going back do I like reading no that's not my cup of tea it wasn't my thing but actually now just picking up snippets of books understanding theories kind of to work with people um, and I know the cliche you said about journey it's yeah. a good journey isn't it just to keep no, going actually that's, yeah. I quite like that and I think like you with the um, AI world it fascinates me I just need to understand it a bit better yeah, yeah because all same. you hear is like the you know the AI taking over the world and all this kind of stuff and then we start to go to iRobot matrix yeah, exactly. what's going to happen terminators <laughs> yeah. here and that kind of stuff yeah, whereas exactly. actually I just think that there's a bit there like you I want to lean into and go what's it all about how's it work those mm. kind of things um, mm. and I think one of my personal things for this year is I just I still want to keep going out and learn tricks of the trade there's some good new things so we used Lego recently with a, a group of people oh, to work with yes. so we've done some good stuff um, but we're just trying to do different bits and so we've got jigsaws we use with people and yeah. um, to really really get their kind of thinking differently yeah. um, and that you see people really kind of come out of their comfort zone but str- into a new comfort zone so that's the bit for me is just keep trying to find new different ways of working uh, yeah, and I it kind that. of in, in, in tra- make people interesting. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the 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 whole like um, tapping into the idea of play and yeah. helping us to open up our brains in new ways by being creative and playing yeah. and yeah, using our imagination. I think yeah. there's some really interesting tools out there. Lego yeah. is one that keeps coming up actually. It's something yeah. I'm really intrigued in, especially with my disc workshops, because yes. just to bring them to life a bit more, make them a bit more engaging, a bit more yes. interesting. And yeah. who doesn't love a bit of Lego anyway? Yeah. Um so yeah, that's definitely it's, a it's space that I want to tap and into. It, even the other day I thought, you know what, I can make it a bit more interesting with the disc stuff. So I've bought Twister. Oh, now I'm not yeah, getting people do Twister because you know yeah. but actually you can have a good bit of fun with it those kind of and it makes it different yeah absolutely. Um, so there's loads I think now lots of different play scenarios yeah, you just need to be yeah. creative uh, yeah. around it but yeah they're fantastic so Lisa how can people get hold of you how can they contact you so I am active very active on LinkedIn and Instagram so if you look up Lisa Robin Wood you will find me on LinkedIn on Instagram it's at grip underscore coaching and then there's my website which is gripcoaching.co.uk and I also have my own podcast which is called the coaching cast um, which is hosted with my very good friend and fellow coach Susie Hunt and that's a space where we talk a lot about the workplace and different issues and topics in the workplace all with an undertone of coaching, I would say. So yeah. we really try to help bring coaching to life as a skill yeah. and a tool and offer coaching ideas and tips yeah. that listeners can learn from, adopt, give it a go yeah. themselves and just see how it really helps them to evolve in their career space. Yeah. 
Oh, fantastic. So, Lisa, you've been wonderful today. And I know we had a good natter beforehand and I know we'll have good more good natters to come, which is great. Yeah. Really, really good. So can I just say I've really, really enjoyed today. Um, you've been really open, really curious. Um, so from that point of view. So can I just say enjoy the weekend coming up as well. But thank you so much for joining our podcast. You've been an absolute star. So thank you. Ever oh, so much. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me, Stephen. It's been lovely to talk to you and to talk to all your listeners as well. Oh, thank you, Lisa.